0: Biz Podcast. I'm Alison Morgan, business coach at Relauncher. Jess Rufus, who's the founder of Collabosaurus, joins us in this episode. She's a former fashion and lifestyle publicist and founded Collabosaurus in 2015 after coming up with an idea of a Tinder-like platform matching brands which complement each other's business goals. Calabasaurus has attracted thousands of brands ranging from startups right through to large corporations to create and source growth opportunities. In this episode we chat about Jess's journey, how the platform works and how it could help you and so much more. Hi Jess, thank you so much for joining us. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. Absolute pleasure. Now, I'd love to introduce you to everyone and I will let you do that if you can tell everyone a bit sure. about yourself.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, hi, everyone. My name's Jess. I run a company called Collabosaurus, which connects complementary brands for really clever marketing collaborations and partnerships. Um, basically, I started out in fashion and lifestyle publicity and I was constantly pulling together media launch events for fashion clients. It was very Devil Wears Prada, like in real life, was was my experience. (laughs) Um, So I was trying to find things like, goodie bag inclusions and catering partners and venue partners and that kind of thing all the time. And it was a massive scramble. And there was a really horrible vibe, I think, at the time around free stuff. I think my boss at the time was very much like, you know, who can you ask for 500 units of coconut water that we can just get for free? And it was just all of these partnerships were scrambled together not leveraged really well. And publicists would typically just ask their other publicist friends. So small up-and-coming businesses, perhaps who would love to get in front of media <laughs> for this potential opportunity, were missing out on these opportunities. And then, you know, the publicists and stuff weren't leveraging it very well. So the idea for Colabosaurus came about uh, probably at about five years ago, I would say. And it was, it started out as a matchmaking platform for publicists. So I saw Tinder becoming popular. And I was just like, why doesn't this exist for brand partnerships where you can swipe right and swipe left? And so (laughs) that's how it all started. And then we found that all of our early adopters weren't publicists at all. So what I thought was going to be successful wasn't at all (laughs) until now. But it's like... Pardon So often the case Oh my gosh, massively, okay. and sometimes, and you know you don't know until you go out there and try stuff. Yeah. I mean, all of our early adopters were startups and small businesses who were willing to give it a go, and so we then we changed the website because it was full of PR jargon, and then then we saw like Red Bull and Topshop just signed up completely organically out of the blue and we were like, oh my gosh, this is exciting, you know, we're going to have to build something a bit better than this WordPress platform we'd kind of botched together. And now I would say, you know, in this last year, we've been running now for just under four years, in the last 18 months is when we've really started to see publicists hop on the platform, which is great. So it's like kind of come full circle.
0: Wow. Oh my gosh. Okay. So how does it work? Like let's talk through it from a brand's point of view. So if you're a brand, how can you get involved and what's the process they go through?
1: For sure. So, it's it's pretty much like a dating site. That's probably the simplest way to explain it. You list your brand and opportunity just like you would list a profile on a dating website and immediately, Collabasaurus will matchmake you against 6,500 other brands on the platform, anyone from, you know, ASOS to Porsche to Topshop. To Olay. We've got all kinds of different brands on there, big and small. Um, but yeah, very much like a dating site. You list that, get your matches, and then you can just connect with them. So you request to connect and they can approve or decline. And then once that's approved, you can have a conversation, just like you would in like Facebook Messenger. Um, and then Colabosaurus provides you with things like, contract templates if you need it. So, joint marketing agreement templates. We also have um, ideas and strategy generators and also the Klybosaurus team as well (laughs) to help with things like the creative idea.
0: So, the brands that are on there, do all the brands have a campaign listed or is it just a profile
1: and then every now and again, the brand will go, actually, we've now got a campaign that we want to run? So, a profile and a campaign are pretty much the same thing. Okay. So, um, yes, every every brand on there has like a profile slash campaign. <laughs>
0: right. Okay, then. And so, how does it work? Do they sign up per campaign, or is it like an annual subscription?
1: So, it's month-to-month subscription and it's actually completely free to start. So, if anyone was, like, curious around brand collaborations, it's worth giving it a go. It's free to list a campaign or list a profile and you can view your matches anonymously for free. So, you can see whether it's going to be worthwhile for you before you commit to a subscription. And then from there, it starts at $60 a month flexible, we don't lock you into anything Um, and you can use it as you need it basically. Mm -hmm. And the good thing with collaborations as well is that I think people get caught up in the whole like understanding one type of collaboration, like we split it into products, events and social media. So social media could be anything from... Competition and giveaway collaborations yep. or content collaborations. So, teaming up with another brand and maybe splitting the cost of a photographer or collaborating with the photographer or content creator themselves. Mm-hmm. Products could be online products. So, Wellco and PE Nation did a really great ebook download in collaboration that was able to help both of them grow their email lists. Or you could do physical product collaborations. So that's like probably the first thing your mind goes to when you think of collaboration. So, they're the limited edition product releases like Shandon and Seafolly collaborating on a limited edition sparkling wine that features the Seafolly swimwear print on the bottle. And then there's events and activation. So, whether you're a brand that wants to get in on someone else's event and really get in front of an event audience, that's a really great, highly engaged way to get in front of a new audience. Or if you're running an event, you can collaborate to enhance the event experience, um, or save a a lot of budget, you know, by collaborating with a venue or collaborating with a caterer or a photographer to basically save cash-wise. You're leveraging everything other than cash, what you have available in your business at the time, which could often be your skill set, your products, your services, um, things like content creation, things like social media shout-outs, all of that kind of thing as well. So I think in terms of, like, month-to-month subscriptions and using it as you need it, we love – to recommend that, I mean, even if you have the free account and you just have something listed at all times, then you're discoverable by mm-hmm. other brands who have maybe something specific in mind and they can reach out to you. Yeah. Or you can explore opportunities in lots of different ways. You know, with Collabasaurus, we'll do a competition collab one month, an event collaboration the next month, a product collaboration the month after that, yeah. and really shift it up so that we're not exhausting our audience and also exploring different ways to tap into whole new audiences of people each time we collaborate. Does that make sense? (laughs) Absolutely. I've just had coffee, so I'm like blah, blah, blah. (laughs) How does a
0: service provider
1: get involved That's a good question. I think so many people think that collaborations are just for product-based businesses, and that's absolutely not true. I think service-based businesses have so much to gain from collaborations, and it really just depends, honestly, on the type of business and the marketing goal. So, I'm often talking about how, you know, collaborations are a marketing strategy, so you kind of want to have an outcome in mind in order to, like, work your collaboration around it. And an example of that would be, let's say you really want to grow your email list. That's your marketing goal that you want to achieve. You wouldn't then collaborate with a complimentary brand on an Instagram competition that required people to tag their friends in a post to enter because that doesn't grow your email list. But you could collaborate with a complimentary brand and just have the entry form be on a separate website where people have to put in their email address, and then that would grow. Do you know? What, does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So it's kind of like working it around like a marketing goal. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Okay. So does all the conversations between the brands or the service providers and the brands take place on the platform?
1: yes most of the time they do yeah. very but I mean a lot of the time after they've connected and had a few conversations on the platform I mean we share email addresses once it's like mutually agreed that mm-hmm. two brands want to connect and it can definitely go off platform I mean we've seen we've seen customers have an initial connection through collasaurus we had one that was a um, It was like a – it was a content collaboration for social media and they did – it was a photographer and an interiors blogger teamed up and they did like a content series around Melbourne – And it was like little like hidden secret parts of Melbourne, which were fabulous. And that went so well because, you know, both of them are promoting it out. They're both, it's win-win. They're both benefiting from this collaboration. That they decided to do another collaboration together and they released a travel guide in collaboration. And then after that, they were getting on so well, they opened a studio together. So, it was great. It was like a long-term relationship that turned into a marriage. You know, you can collaborate again and again with some of these networking connections.
0: Fabulous. So then you broke into the US market in the last year, didn't you? Yes. yes. Yeah, Tell us about, about that, because that's like a dream come true.
1: Oh gosh, it's it's an exhausting dream come true <laughs> <laughs> across time zones. Um, yeah, it, it was really interesting. I mean, I think how it came about was a little bit It was like the universe really pushing me into that. I went along to an international taxation law workshop and almost just it was mind-numbingly dry. I'm sure. Um, (laughs) And I was basically just ready to try and figure out a way I could leave that workshop without looking too rude. And one of the guys who got up on stage was from San Francisco and he basically said, oh, look, with international taxation stuff, he's like, if you want to do, the US market is, like, super tricky. If you're, like, registering as a US brand and all this kind of stuff, there's a whole host of taxation stuff that comes with that. But he basically said, you know, if you want to do this well, one of the best ways in is to get in with the Australian government. So there's the Australian Trade and Investment um, Commission, Austrade, and they run a landing pads program. So basically what that is is that they have, a landing pad or like a free office space. They've partnered with WeWork to do this. So they have spaces in Berlin and Shanghai and Tel Aviv and San Francisco and a few other places as well. And he said, oh, look, if you want to apply, it's, you know, uh, it's quite competitive but it's a great three months free office space and you go over with a cohort and they do different workshops and things like that. And I was honestly so bored at this workshop that I just pulled it up on my phone and registered and completely forgot about it months passed and then i get this email that's like you've been accepted you have 48 hours to let us know if you're coming think you it know was spam? <laughs> three pardon
0: did you think it was spam
1: no, I can't. I recognised it, but I completely gosh. had forgotten that I'd yeah. even applied. And it was like I had 48 hours to just make this decision as whether I was going to gosh. pick up my life and fork out as well. I still had to pay for all the yeah. flights and accommodation and staff to man the Australian, oh you know, home gosh. base. And it was, um yeah, like a, at the time it felt like a massive life decision. Anyway, I went over there for three months and probably one of the best things I've ever done for the business. I mean, it was so out of my comfort zone. I was not sleeping and I was hustling for three months straight basically up until 3 a.m. and then awake again at 7.30 a.m. Where were you living when you were over there? I found a room in a share house in Pacific Heights, which was really beautiful, but the rent in San Francisco, if anyone's been to San Francisco, they (laughs) will know how expensive it is. Like for this room, like literally a room in like a six bedroom house, I think I was paying like, oh, it was the equivalent of about three and a half grand Australian, like um, a month, or yeah, a month must have been a month, not a week. <laughs> so yeah, it became like super expensive, but mm. I really do feel like it was worth it. I mean, we signed Walmart as a result of.
0: So okay, uh, so you went over there with really not much time to think about it or prepare or plan. Yes. So yes, you, you got the big accounts on. But like, at what point in this did you go right? What's the plan? Because you can't just go over there and think this is just going to be fun. Like you have to make the you know the most <laughs> in it. Oh, my gosh. How did you go about this?
1: Um... I totally cried when I found out because it was just, like, (laughs) overwhelmed, had a moment and then tried to pull myself together and was kind of like, okay, what do I want to achieve out of this trip? Mm -hmm. And honestly, looking back, I tried to do way too much in that space of time. I wanted to try and raise investment while I was over there. I wanted to try and sign clients. I wanted to um, get development moving on some stuff um, because, of course, then all of a sudden we needed the tech to be, more geographically, like, location-specific so that if LA brands wanted to collaborate with other brands in LA, that was easy to find Mm -hmm. because, you know, the tech was just not set up to properly service international markets, I would say, just from a location-specific standpoint. So, I wanted to do all that, get over there, realise very quickly that I can't raise capital over there and that's purely because I don't have a network. So, Mm -hmm. I think in the US, like... Raising capital is a little, it's very different to here. They say it's a lot easier and I tend to agree. I think the attitude is so much better and there's just a lot more, I think there's just a lot more money and investments going on in the yeah. States, to be yeah. honest. But
0: Over there, like, there's just constant swapping of money between hands. Yeah. I know it's crazy. Whether you're the door guy or you know just everything. There's I just
1: know everything's managed. just like this money, yeah. money, money thing. Yeah. I know, but um, but over there, and if you want to get in front of investors, you have to have a really warm intro. Right. You can't like in Australia, you can reach out cold and usually get a meeting. I'm like queen of cold reach outs, yeah. but over there, that doesn't work. It's so network based. You have to have a really strong referral sending you to the investor. So. I worked out pretty quickly, you know, I do not have that network in San Francisco Mm -hmm. to be introducing me to investors. And the investors that I did meet with, like, invested in Bitcoin or, like, completely different industry spaces to me. Um, But it was, you know, a really good experience. And so, I very much turned my attention to potential customers and just really did a whole lot of market research. I think what I expected the trip to be, which was, like, heaps of sales and an investment raise was actually the complete opposite, was very much market research and just talking to a tonne of people, meeting some amazing people and that actually gave me the idea for the Pitch Portal, which we launched with ASOS and Olay. Basically, I had a conversation, it was at a Halloween networking party, which America so get into their Halloween, it's fabulous. Like Everyone is just dressed to the hilt in some costume and I happened to sit next to the creative director at Gap And she said to me, oh, you know, collaborations, how exciting. We do collaborations all the time. Um, We receive about 150 email pitches every single month for collaborations, whether that be sponsorships or influencer collabs or brand partnerships. And I was like, wow, that's so interesting because really one of the value propositions of Collabasaurus, particularly in Australia, is its access to thousands of opportunities you otherwise would know existed. Whereas the more and more I spoke to the American market, I found that everyone is so networked to the hilt and it's actually not opportunity that they need access to. It's more the streamlining of that opportunity. So, it doesn't take so much time. Gap basically had a full-time employee responding back and forth to all these emails, figuring out which one was going to be valuable, what they were actually looking for, what they were actually offering and all that kind of stuff. So, I had this idea for the pitch portal, which is basically a custom-branded web page so that Gap could have their own web page or ASOS could have their own web page, people could directly pitch to collaborate with ASOS or Gap. And instead of receiving 150 emails a month, they can receive one that automatically ranks and summarises those pitches based on their value to Gap. Because we already had the matchmaking algorithm that sorted out opportunities based on their value. So it was really just building this like extra feature into the platform so that the US market and bigger brands could see that time-saving value and the streamlining opportunity. So I kind of came back from the US and this was at the uh, end of last year. So it was like Christmas 2018. Came home so exhausted. It was three months of full-on no sleep, collapse basically <laughs> and yeah. was a bit um I would say I kind of went into like depression for a month or two because it was like wow like I didn't achieve what I wanted to achieve I can't afford this new feature build and all this kind of stuff and in the end I kind of around like February we found a developer and I kind of pulled myself back up and was like okay I'll give this pitch portal feature a try to see if this can work and I'll just you know find the money somehow (laughs) so we hustled that and we launched the pitch portal and ASOS came on board to launch that, Olay came on board and then we attracted Channel 10 and Sofitel off the back of that launch. ASOS got 400 pitches through their portal which is crazy within a matter of weeks and Channel 10 saw an 800% ROI on the event collaborations they did through that portal so that has been a huge turning point and I kind of i just came back from new york i did another three weeks in la and new york super recently
0: so the algorithm how, how what's yep. it judging it on like what what determines um you know the success of the applicant or the person that's applying to yeah. collaborate with the brand is that is it um, social but, media numbers is it reach what is it
1: All of that goes into it, for sure. We look at things like industry space and whether it's complementary. We look at target market, you know, because you want to be collaborating with another brand that has a similar target market to you, just so that you're getting in front of people you need to get in front of. Um, We look at what you're offering versus what you want to achieve, the type of collaboration you're interested in. There's actually about... 167 data points that actually go into it. Um, <laughs> things like, I mean, you know, in Uber, how at the end of taking a ride you can rate your driver. Yeah, it's it's similar with collaborations as well. So at the end of a collaboration, users can rate their collaboration based on communication and value. So, those things as well um, come into it as well as how active that user is on the website, how successful their past collaborations have been, how valuable the opportunity is from like a marketing standpoint to another brand. So, like Channel 10, for example, we're offering um, TV episode integration for an 8 million national reach and then additional reach across Foxtel and Nine Peach and all this, kind of 10 Peach and all that kind of stuff as well. And the value of that opportunity, like, in equivalent ad spend, was, like, hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah.
0: Wow. Your success with signing on Walmart, how did you go about that? I mean, that would have been a cold call, surely.
1: No, you know what? That was a complete fluke. That was a total luck thing. Really? I was over, yes, I was over at a friend's house, like, exhausted because she was just like we've well, got to eat something <laughs> and I went over to her house and we had Pete we ordered pizza and she said oh hey do you mind if my neighbor joins us and I was like for sure her neighbor um came in and had a glass of wine and she had like a super like a Miley Cyrus accent I do is that like a Tennessee accent yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, and she was lovely and she was like, oh, you're Australian, you know, what are you doing in San Francisco? And I told her a bit about Calibasaurus, but that was it. Like it was really a social evening.
0: Yeah.
1: I didn't get to hear what she did. And then the next day she emailed me and she was like, actually, I'm the head of product at Walmart and we'd love to give this a go. And (sighs) yeah, it was, it was one of those right place, right time. Complete fluke.
0: (laughs) You know what? This goes back to what I say all the time: is you have to get out from your everyday to make the move happen. And we, oh
1: my gosh, absolutely.
0: And like we're always so busy, and I'm always saying this: it's like I never have time to step away from the desk, but I make myself. And every time I do, I'm like, oh my god, like an opportunity or something will happen, and it doesn't necessarily crystallize at that moment, but it generally, like, something comes back at some point every time.
1: Oh, and relationships are everything. they are. I mean, and they have led to, they are really, you know, the basis for Collabasaurus being able to survive and succeed and all this kind of stuff is really it comes down to community and relationships and getting out there. Yeah, it has been always, even though it's scary and it's exhausting and uncomfortable, yeah, I would 100% agree, make yourself get out from behind your desk because that's where the magic happens.
0: (laughs) And pop back over to the US.
1: I am. I'm, try- I'm trying to keep an Australian company. What's tricky is that, I mean, I'm completely bootstrapped, I so I'm lucky in that I own 100% of the company, which yeah. is great, but eventually we'll have to raise capital, and honestly, I'll likely seek that from the US, right. in which case they pretty much have as a requirement that you're a US-based Delaware C Corp. So I'm trying to avoid the big move over to the US. I'd much prefer stay an Australian company and split my time while I can, um, you know, kind of 50-50 and see how that goes. I'm uh, hopefully I'll be able to raise capital and not have to move permanently over there yeah. because my boyfriend who is like a landscape gardener is not yeah, how's he coping with all this? oh he's a legend he's so lovely and understanding he came over when I was in San Francisco he came over for a few weeks which was nice and I mean it's it's hard I mean we're such we're each other's rock and it's really hard when we're not um with each other but he has just been fantastic so so supportive
0: oh my gosh okay Jess so where can everyone find you and test this out
1: um, good luck spelling calabasaurus, <laughs> But if you give it a go, I mean, Google, even if you grossly misspell it, we still rank number one because it's such a random word. Yeah. So we're on Instagram as Collabosaurus, com. You can find me, Jess, at com if you want to email me. Um, Instagram DMs are probably the best place to find me. Oh, and we have a podcast as well called Stop, Collaborate and Listen very Vanilla Ice inspired. <laughs> wow.
0: Hey, I've got to ask one more question. Are you getting any more sleep now that you're back in Sydney?
1: Yes. You know what? I, this time, even when I went over to the States, I, I was like super strict with my time. I had to get sleep. And I was like, you know, I'm not going to work across the two time zones. Australia's taken care of. I have an amazing team here. And it was like, I needed that time to be on US time mm-hmm. and hustle there and do all of that, all of those things. So I was really strict with um, putting my phone down. And I think that's the thing. I'm like, you realise how addicted you are to Instagram. I mean, I was spending hours and hours. I'd lie in bed when Matt's not there next to me basically to say, go to sleep, like yeah. put your phone down.
0: Like a child. It was
1: like <laughs> I was like a child, totally unchecked, and I would just scroll for hours so this time I, like, really was aware, aware of myself doing that and put yeah. my phone in another room and just, yeah, I got some sleep, which was great. Oh, my God. Jet lag, though, it took me about two years, two, two years, two, <laughs> two, weeks, years. two weeks to get over jet lag this yeah. time. It really I, hit me hard. Yeah. yeah.
0: I think also that's exhaustion from work. I find when I've been travelling for work, when I get back, I, like, literally for five days I'm feeling pretty exhausted so, so you add jet and lag like on top of
1: that. Emotional exhaustion too. Yeah. I mean, is. it is it's always
0: on. You have exactly. to make the most of every minute that you have when you're doing those kind of things, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Wow, Jess, keep us in the loop. <laughs>
1: oh <my gosh. laughs> I will. <It's>
0: super exciting, <laughs> isn't it?
1: It's fun. It really feels like a ton of things are like on the edge, and there's yes. so many exciting projects in the works. But. Um, yeah i don't know there's lots more to come i think
0: (laughs) there are there is there definitely is there definitely is but yeah enjoy the ride in the meantime
1: You. i will thanks so much for having me my pleasure thanks jess